Captain Dynamo. If this is the hero we deserve, we need to live better. Next on the Atari ST Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Atari ST Show. I'm your yes. good buddy, your good pal, Migo Aaron, joined by everyone's favorite character, that wacky fellow we call the Brent. Hey, everybody. You don't sound that wacky this morning, the Brent. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. I'm just waiting <laughs> for the cat to jump up here. Because oh, I know what's going to happen. Well, that, the, the cat is wacky. The cat's going to do his own personal platforming today. Uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Again, we're back at the Atari ST Show, and this week, we're going to take a look an unusual title that was selected by the Game Selection Committee. It's Captain Dynamo. But before we get to that, Brent, you know, I was pondering, as I will do when we do these sorts of things, that whenever you have, like, fictional characters that have a military rank, it's almost always, like, Captain. Captain America, Captain Planet, you know, Captain Marvel. All these different captains. Like, what's the scoop? Why do you think captain is the preferred rank? Because it, why not admiral? You know, why not president or general? You don't hardly ever get those. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, you've had a few that weren't of the captain variety. A couple majors in there. Like um, who? Uh, Major Havoc. Uh, um, who's the... Who uh, is that? <laughs> who's the... Uh, no, no, I guess... Was it Captain Adam? or, or was Captain it? Adam. That's another one. Yeah, then there you go. Yeah, There's a lot. You see my point. Yeah, I wonder why Sergeant that is. Fury, Sergeant now, of course, Slaughter. The, <laughs> the chat's loading up with their various things. Sergeant Fury, Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Rock, Judge Dread. Is Judge a, a military rank? I don't think it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, now, uh, you know, one of the things about the uh, uh, hero of today's game is that he's an old guy. He's an old, like, retired guy. You yeah. Know, can you think? Do you have any? Do you have any other favorite old retired heroes that came back to save the day? No. <laughs> well, I'll name one off the top of my head, and he's another captain, Captain America. He's by the time he actually gets revived in Avengers, he's been he's been around since the uh, World War Two. But uh, yeah, he, but he was, wasn't so, retired. Oh, he was. Yep, he was old. He's ancient, ancient guy. He was frozen in an iceberg. That doesn't count. Oh, yeah. I'm counting that one right there. That's exactly. Uh, someone mentioned the chat. Oh, it was Happy. General Thunderbolt Ross. I wouldn't call him a hero, uh, but he was the guy that perpetually had to fight the Hulk. That's a sad job. I don't know what... What would you rather do, fight the Hulk or have to write that book? That's one of those books <laughs> I've always thought would be difficult to write. You know, Hulk and Superman, like, what are you going to do? He's not going to be stopping a mugging. You know what I'm saying? And Hulk would even be harder, because at least Superman's a man. You know, I mean, <laughs> Hulk, when he becomes uh, Banner, like, no one cares about him at all. You know, all the Master fun stuff Splinter, happens. Master Splinter has to come and save the day every once in a while. Is he turtles? anciently old? Is that the rat? Yeah. I never got the... You know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it never worked for me. The concept is too wacky. Too old. No, too I, they old were, what do you mean? I was right in their wheelhouse. I was right in their wheelhouse. But yeah, no, you, you weren't. see, a lot of people don't know this. It's funny, I think I just talked about this a while back, but uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were around for a long time in comic form. And they were, their comics were black and white comics. They were uh, 
they were they were around forever. Like when I was in college, uh, they were around. You know, so it's not like suddenly it just appeared. I mean, think yeah, about it. The Teenage Mutant Turtles arcade game is is old. That Konami game. It is. I'm just saying. No, I. Yeah, I know. But you were like, I'm in college. It's like, yeah, that wasn't the uh, age demographic they were going for. What do you mean? It was exactly who they were aimed at. College. Th- those books weren't written for kids. Here's something else you probably didn't know. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja. Uh, Teenage. Help me out here. TMNT. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. There was a role-playing game years and years and years before anyone had heard of these guys. They had their own role-playing game. And I remember rolling up this guy. He was like a hog man. That was my guy. And I remember rolling him up and thinking to myself, man, this is stupid. <laughs> well, we played the game one time, and we never played it again. So you basically rolled up Rocksteady. Well, I didn't know. I didn't read the comic. So. Or Bebop. I can't remember which is which. One's a I rhino, mean, which one's is, a who's the Who's the dupe that you fight in the very first fight on t- on the video game? I guess he was sort of like that, yeah, that with the that, mohawk. That's the debate I'm having. I don't know if that's Rocksteady or Bebop. That doesn't matter. They're all the same. All those movies are horrible, by the way. <laughs> I hate those guys. I just I always thought the concept was dumb. So, But you know what isn't dumb, Brent? Me? Today's You're game? Right. Today's oh, game? I thought, asked, I thought you asked the question and then answered it. You know who isn't dumb, Brent? <laughs> no, oh yeah. Listen for the for the past half hour, I have not been saying that, but I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna uh, have a, a concise and well thought out review as we take a look at this week's game. It's Captain Dynamo. Oh man, Captain Dynamo, the Brent. This was the one that was picked <laughs> this week. Probably not the best splash screen to just set on. <laughs> well, hey, that's that's the way it is. That's the music screen, man. What do you think about the uh, the perpetual the tunage in Captain yeah. Dynamo? Yeah, the, the the soundtrack in this is by far its its best quality. I, I have a feeling you, uh, for some reason, it doesn't seem like you're too keen on the old Dynamo here, Brent. Let's get into no, the quite, particulars you'd, here. You'd uh, be quite mistaken. Oh, okay, uh, this well. Is, this is a adequate platform that probably could have done so much more. Just going to sum up your whole thoughts on it right here at the very opening, eh? <laughs> the Not people good need ab- to know. So, uh, again, Captain Dynamo. Now, we're playing the ST version, but this appeared on multiple systems. So get this, the brand. Uh, this came out in 92 on the Amiga and the Atari ST. Now, I've read that Amiga was the lead platform, but, I mean, they're, they're very similar. Uh, but this also got released in 92 on the C64, the Spectrum, the Amstrad, CPC, and DOS. I had a, just a glimpse, because, you know, we're going to probably cover this one of these days on the ZX. But I had a look at it, and it's it's quite a different-looking game on those machines. I mean, it's, it's, it's a much more attractive game. I will say they gave this the 16-bit treatment. Uh, but, you know, and then they had, basically, I guess what they did was reverse it. They gave those the 8-bit treatment of a 16-bit game. So, ha-ha, that's what you get. Uh, this was uh, published and developed by Codemasters. Codemasters! Codemasters, Brand. They've done a few things, including the Dizzies. Uh, they were heavily involved in those and Micro Machines and some other stuff. Now, listen, get this to Brent. I looked up the people that worked on this. So, this was programmed by a fellow named Derek Lay Gilchrist. This guy worked on uh, tons of the Dizzies. 
He worked on, but listen to this pedigree here. He also worked on the Tomb Raider for DOS, a bunch of the Tomb Raider games as they went up, you know, up, got more popular. He worked on some of the 007 games on the Wii, the 360, the PS3. So this guy has been, had a career well after uh, these older ST games. Same thing here with uh, the graphics guy, which was one of the guys was Lay Christian. He also worked on the Dizzies. He worked on the Yogi Bear game. He worked on FIFA Streets for the PS2 and the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the action game. So he worked. He's another guy who's worked all the way up to the PS2 era. Uh, the uh, music on this was Matthew Simmons. This guy's done quite a few games, but just to name a few, the Dizzies, uh, the Micro Machines for the Genesis. He did. The, he was one of the guys that worked on the music for Agony on the Amiga, Chuck Rock. Uh, and he worked all the way up to the Rocket Knight uh, games that are, you know aren't that that old. Uh, the production on this, these guys that produced this for Codemasters have done so much stuff. I just wrote tons. The uh, Stuart yeah. Regan had a, over a hundred game credits. Pat Stanley had over thirty five game credits. Uh, the art manager Shan Savage has tons and tons of credits. I mean, these guys are like ultra, ultra like seasoned, well traveled guys. Now this was near the beginnings of their career. Uh, but uh, they were they even at that point they already had some action uh, and knew what they were doing. You can sort of tell when you play this game that it wasn't put together by uh, a couple hacks. I mean, the uh, right out of the gate, like you mentioned, the soundtrack kind of hits you, and it's uh, you can tell uh, as you begin to play this game graphically that these guys had a good hand. Uh, what did you think about this? What were your initial impressions when you fired this thing up, to Brent? Uh, graphically, it's it's really good, really really good. They have a great color palette that they put to full use. Um, <clears throat> it has a lot of the polish. It, the some of the the polish reminds me of gods, uh, like the the way the gems sparkle and the the it, I wouldn't call it a muted tone uh, color palette, but it's definitely uh, not bright and in your face, which works for the dynamics of the game. Uh, since you're in like this industrial uh, type setting for most of the game, um, I thought it was really well done. On the the three platforms I looked on it was the S or not the ST the uh, yeah the ST and DOS and the Amiga, and they all looked very similar. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Usually, you know, your Amiga stands out graphically. That is not the case on this game. Uh, they look almost identical. Yeah, screenshot wise, they they are identical. You could uh, you could tell you could tell that they were done uh, probably almost simultaneously, and probably absolutely. using all the same graphic. And I will say uh, uh, that one of the first things that stood out to me on the ST is that <clears throat> once again the ST has a reputation for not being uh, particularly good at scrolling. Uh, but once again, we've played another game, much like when we played uh, Starius Christmas, like that sort of puts that to bed. This scrolls uh, quite nicely, uh, mostly uh, in a horizontal way, without really any issue whatsoever. I mean, I thought it was quite, I mean, and it's, when I say scroll, I don't mean like it's a trick. I mean, like, it scrolls, like, uh, screens and yeah. screens high without any difficulty, and does it with some pretty lush graphics. Um, so, just to jump into the backstory of this a little bit, <clears throat> so get this. Oh, the backstory's the best part. <laughs> yeah. Insane genius Austin Van Flyswatter has stolen a huge collection of diamonds, and retrieving them requires navigating a succession of fiendishly designed arrangements of platforms and traps. So there's no other superheroes around that can do the job. 
It's only one guy, but he's retired. But he says, screw it, I'm going in. And that's Captain Dynamo. So you've got to go in and take care of business here. Now, you mentioned, and by the way, this the, the uh, backstory is like a paragraph. There's not a whole lot to yeah. it. But you mentioned that this was an industrial uh, uh, setting, and you're right. And apparently, the industry that this setting is made for is they apparently they manufacture spikes because this thing, this game is rife with spikes, spikes, saw blades, and other accoutrements. There's tons of spikes in this factory. Uh, a lot of the setting of this, uh, you're right. It was it, the tones were in like browns, coppers reds uh there's a lot of that and grays you know but it's not like a c64 style dirt graphics these are well no they they fit the mood they're very um they've 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 shadowed them and they've and they've recessed some backgrounds to make it look like that there's depth to the game uh your character himself captain dynamo is sort of a tubby <clears throat> he's sort of like I'm trying to think what superhero I would compare him to. Brady, does anybody leap into your mind? Batman. He's, Batman. Well, I mean, he's like if yeah, Batman had wore a metal helmet and it's was a fat. Cow and a cape. Right. Well, I mean, it looks like it looks the helmet to me looks metal because it's silver, and he's got like a looks like a chest plate, and he's got a red cape, and he's got sort of uh, copper boots. Uh, one thing about your superhero is he doesn't have any actual. Uh, he didn't have any offensive powers at all except to jump on a guy. So basically, he, he just basically sets on him, fat guy style. So I guess I, I can, you know, if I was going to be a superhero for Chris or for Halloween, this would be a good choice. Kind of a tubby guy in a, in a full <laughs> mask. He is retired, though, but so he does pretty well. This game has, a, I had to say, in all the games I've played on all the shows, this game has a jumping dynamic that I don't know if I've ever seen anywhere. <clears throat> we mentioned that this game... Uh, has no physical attacks except for jumping on your enemy. So even your ju- your attack is a jump. This game has a jump where you just hit the button and jump. But you but uh, like a lot of games uh, on these platforms, you, if you hit the button and up, he'll jump significantly higher. I found yeah. this out immediately on the first level when I couldn't get off the ground. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening here? So this is one of the, <clears throat> one of the rare games... That requires you to jump by hitting jump and hitting up. Uh, yeah. to, what did you think about this? And the funny thing is, this is worked into the majority of the puzzles. But that were so because sometimes you're definitely not going to want to jump high because you'll be killed, and so you have to quickly disseminate between jumping normally and jumping high with your up. I haven't seen. I was watching some people talk about this game. But I never saw anybody mention this. I couldn't figure out why. It's such an important part of the game. What did you think about this jump dynamic, the Brent? Uh, I didn't like it. Uh, <clears throat> long press has ruled the day for so for a lot of reasons and a lot of good reasons. Uh, long press, short press for long jumps and short jumps is the norm. Uh, when you go outside that norm, it feels uncomfortable. I would have much rather just had a long press, short press. Yeah. Oh well. You know, I, I'll tell you. At first, I absolutely hated it. And uh, there are times where you get confused uh, when you uh, hit the button. But I did appreciate, I like the idea of, uh, listen, I like any game that lets you hit the button to jump. All right. But having, and have to hit up is is sort of a a drag. But I mean, there are absolutely puzzles that this setup made it easier to get past. uh, Because this game uh, has some puzzles that are built to kill. 
the uh, it's funny the the Atari ST and the Amiga versions actually have less levels than all the other versions. They only have six levels. Six levels, Brent. Pretty short. Yeah. <clears throat> so what they yeah. lack in what they lack in and by the way, there's level warps as well. So <laughs> like on the very first screen, I stumbled into a warp to level three the very first time I played it, and so right there, I'd already seen I'd already warped more halfway through the game. And there's another level that goes to level, uh, I think it's level five. I know there's at least two two warp area, secret areas in the game. But yeah. this game, uh, what they lack in uh, depth of levels they make up for in punishment. They punish you in this game in a very Rick Dangerous style, like abuse of power. I guess it'd be the best way I could describe it. The, the, uh, the game is dirty. This is one of those games that you can say that without any... They, that's exactly the way they wrote it. They wrote it to personally and purposely screw you uh, and make you memorize every place you go. Uh, there are areas... In fact, on the very first level, uh, there's that towards the end of the level, if you, uh, if you just try to jump... There's a spring. You jump on the spring, and everything above you that you couldn't conceivably see... Before you got on the spring, it spikes except for one little area. So it's built for you to die right there at least once. Uh, and there are tons and tons of areas like that in this game uh, that are ridiculous. I mean, you talk about pinpoint jumping. Uh, there's a ton of it in this. What did you think about how, I mean, straight up dirty this game is? You can't deny that it's super dirty. It is, and it's unfortunate because it doesn't need to be that. Well, it does because it's only six levels, but I'm gonna, yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, the level design on this is crap, and, and that's really what ultimately makes the game unenjoyable. Uh, the controls, even with the the up instead of a long press for higher jumps, you can live with that. You can learn. You can adapt. Uh, but the level design on this is made so that you're going to have to replay it over and over, and that's where it gets its replayability. That is not good. You don't. That's not how you put replayability into your game. Um, and it's unfortunate because everything else in this is is fun. It's enjoyable. The Your main character uh, is, is kind of dopey looking, but that's sort of the point. The springs and uh, chain grabs, so you, you would go across like a pit or something. Uh, the, the floating platforms that sink down. It's all tried and true stuff, and it, it's done well. It's done fun. Uh, it's not complicated. And then they screw it up by having these blind jumps that uh, it, the, the, there's no enjoyment factor there. Uh, and it, it, this is too late in the day. 92 is too late in the day to still have those type of uh, level design mentality. It, it, you're past that. You should be past that by now. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate is what it is, Aaron. You know... Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a weird area here, you know. And I know I was I was thinking as I was playing this, I was thinking about how much Boat would have hated this game. I'm sure Boat Boat was involved heavily in the selection of the game this week, and so. But this is a game, you know. Some a lot of games have these cheap areas, all right. A lot of them, but this game, not only does this game have them, it revels in them. It, it they know like they don't make any uh, excuses. They're screwing you. They're cheating. They know they are. They do it early yeah. and often. There are so many areas in this game that require you to do incredibly difficult jumps, pinpoint maneuvers, and some stuff that's just straight-up timing. And they time stuff to screw you. Like, they want you to fail. 
Again, it, it's very Rick. It's got a Rick Dangerous feel to it. And I will say, it was really angry. This is one of those games you go through the phases of gameplay. That you, it's discovery. It's anger, and then it's acceptance, and then I went through a weird fourth phase where I started. Now I'll admit this: I I very quickly put on limited lives on this game because if I hadn't, I wouldn't be able to get past the second level. It would be impossible. I didn't. But this is one of those games where you play a level over and over, and yeah. the the difficulty becomes mundane eventually because you've played through the level so many times that you and you have memorized it. Like, I, I can tell you right now, I've memorized the first, second, and third levels of this game, and well into the fourth, that doesn't mean you're going to get through it every time, but you know what's coming, is my point. Uh, and this is the kind of game where they, like I said, they, they make stuff purposely incredibly difficult, and they don't give you, they they give you no advantages. Uh, I will say the, uh, the, uh, the control of Captain Dynamo, like, he, he does look dopey, like you mentioned, but... I never thought I was getting screwed. I played this uh, quite a bit, and I felt the control. Once you master the jumping, it, at that point, it's just all about timing. There's a lot of timing in this game that 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 you have to uh, that you have to figure out to get past up. And I can just I'll name a couple scenes that I thought were particularly vile. There's a scene in level three where you have to go under these two. You have to jump up on a platform. That and has it has two moving saw blades on it, and I mean the ability to get up on this platform is it's brutal just to get on it, and then you have to move across with these blades. I mean it's unbelievably cruel. There's another level, I think it's level four. There, this game as you go to the level, you'll come across these areas that have like a like an S in them, and it's a save point because otherwise you have to start the level over every time you die. So when you get to a save point, it, it basically that's where you'll start when you die. They put the save point in a place that makes it so you have to go back around and through a super dangerous area just to get to the part where you saved. So they punish you for going to the save area. Just that's because they think that's funny, I think. Uh, these guys are a vicious bunch uh, when it comes to putting these levels together. But, I mean, I almost have to admire them because they do so many shady things involving uh, uh, involving your leaping that it's actually sort of, I don't want to say endearing, but, I mean, you feel like you're, they, you know, you're every time you advance, you really feel like you've accomplished something because you've died like a hundred times. Did, I mean, can you look at it, on, do you get any satisfaction from uh, playing a game like this that's super hard and being able to master levels and go through them after playing them a hundred times? Here's the thing with level design, Aaron. Long ago, I read that good level design is like making a golf course. Uh, it's not about being too hard. It's about looking like it's too hard. Uh, and that is, that's something that's always stuck with me with video game design. You want something that looks more challenging and thus will end up being more rewarding than it actually is. To make that, to make the player have that sense of accomplishment of forgetting through something, and this game goes the other route with it. This is the we're not going to let the player feel good. We're going to let the player feel like he's been here before, and I hate that. In game. I don't expect to get all the way through a game on one life, right? But I don't want to die just because I could not predict the future. To me, that is really bad level design. And it's obvious to me that the reason why they did that here was to artificially lengthen the, the game. 
to make it feel like it's longer than it is. If I would have known when I was playing this, because I played through this, I, pl I had my, I spent my time with it, and then I thought, well, I need to go and see if this game offers any more in later levels. I made it to level four, and I had no idea that level six was the end of the game. That is remarkably short for a scrolling platform game like this. And it's just for those uh, listening, this is not scroll left or right at all. It only scrolls up and down. Uh, so it's always you're jumping off platforms or you're jumping off springs and you're being elevated to heights that you could not possibly see until you commit. And that is where it puts in all of its little gotcha traps and it's unnecessary because there are segments of this game that give you that good feel. When you hit a spring and you spring up and you grab something and you then you slide across, that feels good. Because even if you jump on the spring and miss uh, the handle to slide across the first time, you're not punished for it. You just, you now you know what you need to do and then you have to accomplish that task. When there are three springs and two of them spring you straight up into spikes and kill you, that is not good level design. That is just being... And I, I, it's, I actually enjoyed my time with this, out, despite all of the, the stupid platforming decisions, the, the blind jumps as, as they were, uh, and tried to enjoy this. But if, it did, if the game didn't have that, I would have enjoyed it so much more. <clears throat> you know, we didn't mention that there are uh, critters in the game. They're almost not worth mentioning. They're basically yeah, an they're annoyance. That you yeah. jump on, but the, the they're there. They do respawn when you die. I think they even if you go far enough off a level, I think they come back as well because I've fallen far enough to where they come back. They're basically just there to make it somewhere difficult for you to land, you know. But they really don't play any. Uh, at least at the level I did not beat the game. I did watch uh, someone go through the last. I didn't get to level six at all. But I but I mean it's funny because even with uh, unlimited lives, like I mean you're. <laughs> It's a brutally difficult game. But, you know, again, this I, is one of those... I, Go ahead. It's not brutally difficult. It, it's cheap. cheap it's not, not, it's not manic minor brutally difficult. But it is... It's tough. It's a tough game. But, I mean, I... You know, I'm not gonna... I, I like this game a lot, actually. Even though it's it's that hard. Because I like... It's, it's a well-executed game. Like, I like the look of it. I like the... Uh, I like the feel of it. Like you said... I mean, they didn't have to go the cheap route, but I can. But again, if you're going to go there, I don't mind them going all in. But I, I, what I'd like to have seen is like this: this team take this engine and graphic set and really have a go at it and try to make something that was less. That because the one thing about making a game like this is you're going to limit your audience. Like I'll yeah. sit and play a game like this because maybe I do it for the show or maybe I just do it because I kind of like these games that punish you a little bit. But, I mean, your average, you know, your audience is not going to like, like, there's not going to be, this is going to be, like, something like even, like, Super Frog or Zool or something where it's where it's more approachable. Like, this game, I mean, you could, it's a game that you could die almost instantly right out of the gate uh, without even knowing what heck, what the heck happened. You know, it's a cruel game. Uh, but, uh, uh, but that limits its uh, appeal. And these guys had the talent. To, if not the time, maybe Brent, uh, or maybe I mean they also released some machines. So clearly, this was a pretty major release. But you yeah. know, this sort of was the style of, of the time. Uh, it's no. funny. We, one of our chatters, we like we like Brandon says it's the European Mega Man. I wouldn't go that far because the European designs is normally not this bad. I mean, in terms of like evil, 
Oh, but no. I mean, occasionally it is. Much, much, much worse. Yeah, occasionally it will design, be. Because <laughs> the problem with the European design is all the crystals and gems you see, you yeah. have to collect to beat the level. Yeah. And that or you have to go game, looking for them. Yeah, you're going to get lost make in this, this game. game. Far more frustrating. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that it only scrolls up and down. There are areas where it doesn't scroll, but like, as I mentioned, there are a few. I found at least three secret areas. Two warps and uh, an area that you could go into, like, get just a bunch of gems, you know, like a hidden room. But even yeah. those feel tacked on to a certain degree because, I mean, there's not that I mean, I didn't find that many. And from what I read, there's not, like, tons of these things sitting around. So it's not like there's a ton of it because you get a secret bonus on your scoring. Uh, but I don't think there's a ton of secrets in here to find. I mean, I didn't find them. And I, I watched a bunch of other people who play just like I did, so I'm assuming there aren't a ton. But, I mean, it's still something to, to give it a little bit of replayability. So, at the end of the day, the brand, I mean, it, a successful game that you enjoy or one you won't go back to? It's it's a six. Uh, a lot of me, I, I appreciate what they did graphically. I think they did a really good job graphically. And I, I super appreciate the sound. I thought the soundtrack to this was pretty banging. Uh, what I didn't appreciate was the level design. And I, I didn't appreciate that they didn't do nearly enough with the character. Uh, you get, you never gain abilities. You never gain uh, even just like normal stuff that a game like this would have would be like a double jump or a grappling hook or uh, you know anything, a dash, anything to make them a little less generic. Yeah, you're a superhero, and they never play into that outside well, I, of the character design. I, I think what you're talking about that because that happened that would happen in other games, <clears throat> and what what you're talking about is uh, a game where the uh, where they ad advance the level to a point where you where getting these extra abilities would come into play, and this is not that kind of game. Like a, like a, they this guy, that, I mean, you once you've seen the first couple levels, you're not going to be uh, stunned by what you see going further. You know, it's not like they break out any sorts of new enemies or new obstacles that you haven't seen before uh, on, on a game like this. Um, <clears throat> when this game came out, it reviewed pretty well. Uh, well, I'd say, uh, I, I would say it reviewed adequately. Uh, the people over at Atari, or Atari Mania have it as a 7.8. Uh, ST Format uh, had this listed as 76, which I believe it, this originally uh, was on an ST format like a demo disc uh, back in the day, and Atari ST user has this at eighty percent, so pretty decent scores. Uh, well, they're not bad, you know, for a game like this. I mean, I I would say, in my opinion, that's seventy-five to eighty percent. I don't know. I, I may even have it a little bit higher than that if if it's me. Um, we did have a Discord review from uh, Pajaco. He types in, uh, "Rick Dangerous is apparently har harsh." With too much exploration by death. I love Rick Dangerous, he says. Captain Dynamo kicked Rick Dangerous in the goodie bag and said, Hold my beer. Uh, one for the masochist. Captain Dynamo is not only punishing and incredibly tricky, requiring reflexes that are well and truly in my past. The sprite collision is uh, over-eager, and due to limited uh, visibility, you will die a lot by jumping into things you couldn't see. My main issue with the game is the super jump up plus fire button combo. Surely the super jump could have been done without holding the fire button. I had to uh, I had to enable infinite lives. I'm only human. And completed about half the levels without skipping. That might sound impressive, but the game only has six main levels. So you can see why it's so brutal. You'd finish this way too fast otherwise. The box proclaims Captain Dynamo to be instantly addictive. It's spelled infuriating. 
And speaking of the box, did the cover artist ever play or see the game? Are there two Captain Dynamos? The ST version <laughs> runs a lot faster and smoother than the floaty slow-motion Amiga build and is the superior of the two builds. I didn't play the Amiga build, by the way. Did I, I hate this I'll game? Play the Ami- I played the Amiga, the ST, and the DOS version. Did I, uh, to, uh, Pajaco continues here, and we'll get back to you, Brent. Oh, Did sorry. I hate this game? Surprisingly, no. I did genuinely hurl my controller across the room at one point, but there is something about it that makes me want to kick its butt, so I picked that thing up and went back to it. Harsh, but a great example of a game that makes the ST shine with great graphics and a jaunty tune. 7 out of 10. Now, please continue, Brent. Well, I mean, just as I said in the, earlier in the episode... Uh, across the three platforms, Amiga, uh, ST, and DOS, the ST does scroll better. Uh, it feels smoother, almost like there's more frames of animation. But the difference is so minute, so small, it's hardly even worth bringing up. It shows that at this time, at this stage in the game, those three platforms could absolutely all produce they, they enough power to run this game without any issue. You know, one thing I want to do I, that I didn't do, and I normally would do this around the gate, uh, is hold this game's feet to the fire for one perpetual annoyance that I can't stand. You get no sound. It's sound effects and or I mean, there's only music. I don't think there's even a way to turn off the sound. Uh, you ha- it's it's um, it, you don't get sound effects. I hate that. I hate that. Did I mention I hate that in 1992? Uh, that I can't have, you know, me and Boat just covered something on Amiga. It's the same thing. Like, th- we know these machines were capable of having good music and sound effects. And this game is, um, I mean, it's, so, I'm not going to say it's sparse, but I think they had enough room to, to, to stick in uh, uh, some sound effects here with the uh, with the music. And now this game gets a, sort of a pass because the music's so good, but it's not a total pass. I want sound effects. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that's agree. just something that bothers me, uh, the brand. Um, I looked this thing up. Uh, on eBay, <clears throat> I've got a couple uh, box copies going for, for sale right now uh, for around fifty dollars US. Uh, they're oh, over no in way. Europe, of course. But uh, you, but uh, I don't know fifty dollars for an ST game of of this quality. You know, I, I might. You never know. I actually looked into buying it. I, I made an offer on a on a box, but a guy, this guy wouldn't. He wouldn't play ball. Some of these guys are nuts. They're always angling for the big money. And it always drives me it drives me nuts uh, because they want so much cash. In fact, somebody even uh, linked one of these up, and they were asking like an enormous sum of money uh, for it. It was too much, but uh, you know that's the way it goes. Everybody's working an angle, Brent. So to to sum it all up, Brent, uh, where does this uh, where does this thing go in your pantheon of ST platformers? Oh, uh, it's good. It left me wanting the designer to do more and to do better. And that's that's good. That's a good thing. Uh, that's why I can't kill the game just completely. It made me want for there to be more. Um, I didn't cheat. I didn't use infinite lives. I got to where I got to just by playing it over and over and over. And I feel fairly confident I could eventually beat this. Oh, um, I gotta see that. I, I mean, I got to level four just playing it. So I, I got to I level three confident. just playing it, but that doesn't mean it's hard. It's brutally hard. It is. It's 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 somewhat difficult. And the thing uh, is, you, there are but, only a couple places in the game that give you like an extra man. There's like I saw at least one place. That's the only one I saw. So it's not like you're going to be peppered with extra extra lives. You know I, what I mean? I could bully through this. I, I feel very confident. Oh man. We may anyway, have, this may be the new the, Brent challenge for Boat Fest. <clears throat> oh God. Um, <laughs> 
the the end result of me wanting more and me wishing the developers did better with the game means that the graphics were appealing, the character was appealing, the sound was appealing. They just didn't do enough with the tools they had. And that it, that's a perfect sum up of this game. I will say, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you for the most part. Now, uh, one added bit that I also forgot to mention earlier is this game also commits the sin of having its name sprawled hugely on the screen at all times. A throwback to yes. the 8-bit systems. However, uh, there, it, I didn't... It was it was it didn't hinder me. Uh, so no. I mean, and I'm sure there was a performance reason they stuck it in there. But uh, you know, again, I guess it's just that's part of the era. You're gonna get that sort of thing. But overall, yeah. uh, I thought this was one of the more enjoyable STKs I've played for quite a while. I really enjoyed it, Brent. But uh, we, as we move on, the Brent, uh, I want to uh, throw you the uh, ball here so you can tell all of our ST listeners about what's been going on with our patreon brent let's hear it yeah real quick uh we had four patreons before for the different shows the st show uh the zx spectrum arsaclair uh the coco show and then arg presents and when uh i took over for john on those three of those shows the patreons were still in his name still ran off his bank record still had his tax tax bracket stuff and we wanted to pull all that away, and we weren't going to make four new or three new Patreons. So what we did instead was made one Patreon to kind of cover all of that goodness. Uh, and we call it the Retro Rotation. All this is, it's just a Patreon trade change for the Sunday shows. We hope that you uh, leave, if you were a Patreon before, we hope that you cancel out of those uh, subscriptions and come and bring them to the Retro Rotation. Uh, that's all one word. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Retro Rotation. Join us up there. If you just want to support one game, we still make that very possible. Show. As a tiers under the uh, Retro Rotation, you could just support the ST Show. You can just support ARG. Or if you want, you can say, hey, we like what you're doing on the Sunday shows. And support an all-encompassing tier. Uh, that's an option. And we had to make some audio changes, too. And Aaron, I think you've got the scoop on that. Yeah, so we've always distributed our uh, audio uh, through Anchor, uh, but through a wacky series of events, Spotify bought Anchor. And Spotify has made some very mm, questionable uh, choices with the way they run their network. But we're one of the things we're going to do is basically we're do, we've always had an ST show feed. We've had a different feed, audio feed for each of our shows. Plus, we've had the Amigos Retro Gaming feed, which has everything that we do. And so we're going to shut down the individual feeds and just uh, run everything through the Amigos Retro Gaming feed. What does this mean to you, yeah. the listener, who is a podcast listener? It's simple. Uh, you just have to go over to the Amigos Retro Gaming feed and just pick out the shows you want and download them. This show will be there every month. This is the last show that we're going to be uh, featuring on the Atari ST uh, solo feed. That one, That's going away, starting with the next ST show. Uh, again, this was uh, much like the thing with Patreon. We didn't have much of a choice here. That's just the way things go. And so, uh, this trust me, this is not helping us, except for, I guess we'll have one less feed to, to take care of. But uh, So, going forward, please uh, change your podcatcher of choice to the uh, Amigos Retro Gaming feed, 
where you will be able to see uh, here this show, plus all of our other offerings, all in one convenient feed, Brent. Yeah, and one other thing I want to add, uh, the Retro Rotation Patreon has been a tremendous success. Uh, we've had so many uh, kind-hearted people make the transfer, uh, and I, I really want to say thank you to those folks. Uh, thank you to all, anyone who listens and supports us in any way they can. Uh, but a special thank you, because I know it's a hassle changing all that Patreon stuff around. Uh, but we've had a enormous, enormous shift. We thought this what was going to take uh, probably all year has happened in a, in about a month. So uh, thank you to everybody. Yeah, we appreciate it. And I also want to mention, in case it's not clear... Uh, the the uh, retro rotation shows is a totally separate entity from the Amigos. So if you're an Amigos listener, you don't have to change anything. Everything there is the same. Your Patreon over there is the same. Uh, this is strictly for, and we call these the Sunday shows because we tape these on Sundays. So that's why it's the retro rotation. When Brent says the Sunday shows, that's what he means. We'll be happy when all this crap's over. We've made this announcement a few times by now, and I'm probably some of you are probably one more time to it. go. Yeah. So you're probably at, oh one of the advantages, Brent of. Uh, of uh, becoming a Patreon. Of course, you get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming uh, Discord, which is a, g- a great Discord, uh, along with all our, ourselves and the Amigos uh, and uh, Sprite Castle with Rob Fleckahara and Pixel Gaiden with the Pixel Gaiden uh, crew. They're all part of our Discord. We're a big, happy retro family uh, over there, Brent. But one thing you get when you join up to Discord is you get to uh, become a member of our Game Selection Committee. And these are the people that choose the games that we're going to play, including they chose Captain Dynamo. Now, I'm going to hit the button here to see what we're playing next week. Next month, I should say. And there is, there, and we don't know. The Game Selection Committee has not chosen our next game, so we'll probably find out in the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, but we hope you guys will all come back for the next edition of the Atari XT, ST Show now. Next week, Brent, we're going to be back on our Sunday morning time slot, as always. And we're going to be covering ARG Presents next week, Brent. Do you remember what the what uh, was chosen as our ARG Presents subject for next week? It was a chat choice special, Aaron. It was Games of Llamasoft, Jeff Minter's yep. uh, uh, creative outlet there. So we're going to be doing two Jeff Minter games next week. Uh, that should be a lot of fun, Brent, because aside from the fact that Minter is involved, uh, we don't have to have any. We can play on any system that he and he's been around forever. So who knows what we're going to end up getting into? But that'll be next week's subject matter. It'll be the games of Jeff Minter and Llamasoft. Uh, Brent, any final thoughts before we take this thing to the house? Nope. Very good. All right, everybody, have a safe and fruitful week, and we'll catch you for next week's ARG Presents. Thank you very much, and remember, have you played your ST today? Close enough. Adios, everyone.